Petersfield's Shine Radio. Growing Together with Anne-Marie Powell and Claire Dennis. Hello. Thank you for joining us in our gardening programme, Growing Together. I'm Claire Venice and I'm joined as ever by Anne-Marie Powell. Hello, Anne-Marie. Hello, Claire. How the devil are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. And I'm again, we're recording this remotely, aren't we? So I can't see you in person. But how are you? I'm really well. So I'm glad that spring is finally sprung. It's been amazing, hasn't it? Just seeing the garden starting to push up and push out and be boldly venturing into the world again. So heartening after all the frost and the snow that we had in February. Yes, I know. It's been long awaited for me. I don't know. I think probably for most of us as well. But just sometimes those weeks in January and February felt like they were going on and on and on and spring was never going to come. But there are signs and it's wonderful. I love it. Absolutely love this time of year. So March, March in the garden. There's quite a lot to be getting on with, isn't there? Yeah, it's time to get a march on really with your garden in March, I always think. so Because <laughs> nice. February's called actually the dark month and it was kind of the end of winter the short month and it was full of dark days so but March really the clocks change you know mother nature is really revving herself up I have been loving my little iris reticulatas in my pots in my garden they're so intense and I've got 50 of them in little pots and they just really make me feel wonderful just gazing out the colour is on her way And that sort of encourages me to get on with all the jobs that I need to do. Have you got your seeds yet? (laughs) I have. I thought you might ask me that because (laughs) that's one thing about doing this every month. We say we're doing something and you have to do it. It's brilliant, actually, because it's got me organised. I'm not always that organised, but I did lots of vegetable seeds and some flower seeds and some new things I'm going to try. So, yeah, I'm really excited. How about you? Have you got your seeds in? Oh, my goodness me. I've got to sit on my hands at the moment. So. Because, because it is only just March. So, and I don't have a greenhouse. I'm saving up the pennies. I know you might think it's absurd that I don't, but I want my dream one, you know, Claire. So all of my seedlings are grown inside and I've already got all of the kitchen floor where, you, you know, you can conceivably just put them to one side without damaging them. And a bit of my kitchen table is covered in seed. I've got things growing under a grow light. <laughs> so I've got my heated well, propagator. I was going to ask you about that because I remember you mentioned it last month. Yeah, which sounded fascinating. So tell us, what have you got growing? Oh, it's brilliant. So I've already got two types of aubergine growing. I've got three types of antirrhinum growing underneath it. I've got two types of scented stocks. I've got basil growing already. Cabea. What else have I got in there? All sorts of things. And then that's not including all the hardy annuals that have been in my little zippy greenhouse all over the winter. So things like my ami and um, what else have I got out there? Marigolds, Indian Prince and Nova, Calendula's there. So my sweet Sweet peas have been out there since November. I have to say that the autumn sown ones haven't been brilliant, but the ones that I sowed on Boxing Day, they're fantastic. And because I haven't got a cold frame, I've got my hardy annuals. They're in an, one of those upturned plastic boxes and the lid mm-hmm. is kind of at the bottom and the box part is over the top. So it makes for a really good cold frame. And um, people don't kind of understand just, I think, how butch sweet peas are. So honestly, listeners, it's not too late to sow them. You just need to sow them now 
in March inside and as soon as they've germinated, get them outside under cover. I'll make them really strong and hard. Have you done yours yet? I have. Well, I did the first lot in September, October time when yeah. we first mentioned it. Same. And I completely forgot to do them over Christmas. But I did sow some in February, towards the beginning of February. And they are coming up because the same as you, I've got them in a, well, I've got them in a little cold frame outside. And I did plant some more towards the end of February because I thought, well, I've got to play catch up now because <laughs> I didn't sow any at Christmas time. Um, and I just kind of bunged a load in and I'm hoping for the best, but I'm so early compared to what I normally am when I put my sweet peas into the zone. So fingers crossed, they'll all be well. But yet the ones in September, October, they've got really quite leggy. So I took the tops off. I think you advised me to do that. And now they are looking stronger. So that was great advice. Well, yours are doing better than mine because mine are rubbish. The ones that I sowed back in September. They're absolutely, honestly, half of them are dead. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's fine because I've got an awful lot left from the day after Boxing Day. So I'm very happy with that. And I'm going to sow some more too because I am thinking, okay, so will they all be flowering at the same time or will they be flowering successionally? So will we have sweet peas earlier and longer if we sow another batch now? Do you know what I mean? So it's yes, part of the fun. There's still not much else to do, is there? So and seed sowing is just so fab. Love it. I know it's 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 addictive, isn't it? I've I have got a few bits like you in my kitchen because the tomato seeds, the aubergine seeds, the chili pepper seeds, and actually some yeah. sweet peppers I've recently sown. So they're all in little trays in the kitchen, and I don't sow any more because there won't be any space left in the kitchen for cooking. <laughs> I'm going to sow an awful lot more, but I think what tends to happen, and um, you've got to watch yourself, is that you don't need to sow the whole packet. I'm pretty good now. And, and that's because okay. I get a seed tray and I turn it on its side. I just sow along the width and it's one little sprinkle of each thing, depending on how big they'll grow. So I'm pretty self-controlled because last year I just ended up with loads of them and they were good to give away. I left them by the, the gate and people would take them. But you create work for yourself, don't you? Because once you've got mm. them all sowed and growing then you've got to pot them on so you've got to prick them out and pot them on I'm determined not to to have lots of different varieties of things and oh my goodness I've got loads that I've still got to say but um not to have too much of anything where I'm just creating work for myself good advice to go by because it is tempting you think oh I'll just have loads of those I've got I've got all the seeds I might as well just pop them in but you're right I've made that mistake before with tomatoes and planted loads and then I've kind of run out of space in the little mini greenhouse thing that I have and and it's a shame because you want to you want to nurture all these seeds don't you, you want to make these plants be successful and, and all of that it is hard to give up your plant babies isn't it so mm, it <laughs> you've, is. you've really <laughs> looked after really them and true. brought them on and to sort of like give them away although it's a nice thing to do there is part of you that kind of goes oh god there they go <laughs> yeah now what annuals are you thinking of planting this year because your garden last year looked beautiful when I saw it in August and September when we first started doing this program so I really wanted to ask you at the beginning of the the sowing season what you have plans for this year Oh, gosh, I've got so many. I Honestly, I've gone completely bonkers as ever with my order. Sarah Raven and Chilterns, I think I've completely cleared them out. I've got tons of things, Claire. I mean, I, I have already got some digitalis growing, so some foxgloves. And these are Camelot cream and they're a new variety and they're under the grow lights right now. Foxgloves are biennial, so they'll put on leaf one year and then flower the next. But these will do it all in the same year. It's a brand new variety. They were quite special. 
bendy, but I've got three packets of those because I do want about a hundred of those. So you can imagine me not having a greenhouse as well, but I want to put them out the front because I'm excited about having them flower so fast. But I've got tons of things. I mean, I've got Dorcas, I've got Tithonia, just like last year, lots of snapdragons, tons of different things, Rodolphia. What else have I got? All sorts. It really is crazy. And that's just the flowers. I mean, with vegetables, the one thing that I really want to grow this year, and I've just ordered some frames actually for them, is squashes. I really want to grow trombuccino courgettes because you can eat them as a squash or as a courgette and pumpkins and all of those sorts of things because I haven't ever grown those. So I've got various different varieties there, but I've got, I can't remember the name of the variety. I will have to let you know, but I've got a proper Cinderella pumpkin that I want to grow on my deck to grow as big as I can. But I'm only going to sow two seeds of those, one just in case and one to actually grow into this gigantic Cinderella pumpkin. on the deck that's going to be brilliant to follow the progress of that it's going to be fantastic yeah so I'm excited about that but it is just such fun isn't it I find Mm. and the thing is with annuals is that you can change them every year so you know if you get it wrong who cares just say something else next year but it is Mm. really lovely I've got tons of zinnias as well to say how are you growing any of those You know, I love zinnias. I love the shape of them and the colour of them, but I haven't got any this year yet. yet. (laughs) Um, I, (laughs) I tend to sow them directly into the ground and I'm not sure I've had that much success over the years. Do you just directly sow? Hardly ever direct sow because the slugs just eat them. So it's yeah. like my sunflowers. So I'm definitely growing loads more sunflowers. Haven't sown those yet because we still get frost, you know, right up until the end of April. So and everything that I sow, yeah. I've got to kind of nurture indoors or bring indoors when there is frost forecast as we go into April. I grow my sunflowers to quite some sort of sturdy height. They at least come up to a, just shy of my knee before I put them into the ground because it just feels like I'm feeding slugs their supper with with seedlings. Yes. I think they just snaffle an awful lot of young growth if you direct sow. So I prefer to just bring them on a little bit before I kind of become a waitress to our slimy monster friends yes. or not friends, enemies I'm, really. I'm pitching your kitchen floor just literally as the next month goes along. Just <laughs> Claire, do you know what? I'm going to confess... <laughs> I'm going to confess something as well, is that I've actually decided that I'm going to take everything off my dressing table as well in our bedroom. (laughs) Because that's right under a window and I'll be able to fit about 10 seed trays in there. So, (laughs) Oh gosh, then you must. (laughs) So I'm going to. So yeah, I don't know how Jules will feel about sleeping with my seed babies, but you know, needs (laughs) must. It's not for long, is it? Needs must, and it's only a short time. It's a month or two, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. The other thing that I'm thinking about with seeds, though, is we're going to oversow our lawn because our lawn, it's had a lot of abuse. It had so much stuff chucked on by the builders when they had did the extension the year before last. And it's really quite unlevel. So we are going to top dress with some top dressing, which is like compost and topsoil mixed up. And we're going to use seed to just oversow the lawn to make it look a 
little bit greener, a little less threadbare and more emerald-like for us to kind of lie around on and enjoy the summer upon. So that's another sort of seed that we mustn't not talk about whilst we're talking about what we can do in March because it's perfect time of year to do it. Do you have to protect it from birds at all then or do you just sort of sow loads and hope that I'm just going to say I'm just going to keep I'm just going to keep sowing more and more and more of it. So I'm going to do it so I've got a strip the way I can still get to the back of the garden and just do the majority of it. So just top dress it, rake it in, rake in my grass seed. And then, yeah, just keep on throwing on bits and pieces as we feel we need them. Because we have got a lot of birds now in our garden and we've worked really hard to get it that way. Oh, my word. They've become our new best friends. We've got all sorts now. Jackdaws, magpies, all the tits, of course, robins. Just so enjoying that side of the starling. That was very nice. Just so lovely that I'm not going to start putting webs of cotton all over the place where they all get tangled up. More bird feeders out with seed in above the lawn (laughs) or to the side, you know, put on the trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So they're distracted. Yeah, they they go for the good stuff. Do you have blackbirds? I've been feeding the blackbirds bits of apple because they're ground feeders, aren't they? And wrens. Yeah, we do have lots of blackbirds actually in the garden. Usually every year we have blackbirds who nest so hopefully they're getting ready to do that again this year yeah absolutely that'd be wonderful wouldn't it aren't they gorgeous in the Mm. morning when they're singing just gorgeous so yeah so seed lawns is definitely a must and we're just going to continue with our mini meadow around the kids trampoline as well so lots of natives in there as well it's all to bring the pollinators in and enhance wildlife wherever we can to be honest that is the thing I mean there's been a lot of emphasis about gardening for wildlife but it just seems to be that that's something that's become far more important when you're thinking about gardening and what you're going to sow and have in your garden sustainable gardening as well so it's really important to think about the wildlife and what plants you're going to be putting in your garden yeah I think it's it's lovely that it's sort of filtering out to to lots of people now so and it's to be honest it is a case of just plant something I think with wildlife but also being mindful that you're planting single flowers so I know that we all like very frilly frilly knickered roses really so but um the singles are really what attracts wildlife into garden spaces because they're just really able to get all of those pollen and nectar sources get right in and and feed and wherever life is easy for them to be that's where they will hang out and you want them to hang out in your borders don't you so you can enjoy them and and they really do make your day I mean they're free still aren't they they're flying around yeah. visiting your friends and your family and and it's just rather lovely to think that whoever's just down the road is enjoying exactly the same butterflies and bees and hoverflies and dragonflies as you are sharing it's gorgeous when we're all still at home do you find that when you're at work and you're designing a garden have you found that people are asking more for plants that are sustainable, plants that need less water? Are they considering the changing UK climate at all with regards to the sort of plants that they'd like in their garden? Not really. I have to be honest. So not really. It's funny, isn't it? Because it's actually wetter than you would think. The UK climate in the winter, it's so much wetter. And we've just had a proper winter for the first time in years. But you never know what's going to happen. I remember when I was a baby garden designer back in the 90s, there was a very hot topic that we were going into drought territory and and we um, put a lot of rainwater harvesting systems and huge great underground tanks to irrigate borders and things. And then 
Honestly, again, it just rained for years after that. So people invested an awful lot of money in it. So I think you've got to be aware of, of the wet, actually, through the winter now. That kills off an awful lot of plants, and probably more so than cold. It's just having damp mm. feet. And um, the rain it has really, you know, the last few years been really bad when you're working outside. But I really do think that in my work as a garden designer, the trend is definitely very much about biodiversity and creating a garden ecology system in your rear garden space. I have been amazed in the last year just how many people, without me even bringing it up, have requested a pond. We haven't put ponds in, informal wildlife ponds, for years. You know, people have wanted rills and water features and things for blocking out noise in towns and the like. But it's such a joy to be working with ponds and aquatic plants and marginals and all those gorgeous, unctuous, fast-growing lovelies that attract such a host of wildlife. I would say that is the biggest trend that has come out from last year with my work that I've noticed wildlife and that's really interesting it's brilliant as well because i love encouraging people's relationship with nature and the natural world and and i think a lot of it is just because we've spent so much time at home over the last year i mean it's coming up to a year claire and all those small things like the relationship with your plants and your garden and, and the ecology and biodiversity in your garden those are the things that have kept us going right it's amazing, is it, to think that it is a year. March the 23rd was the first day of the lockdown, wasn't it? And going back to that, that was when you first started your Insta Live programs to, <laughs> to keep yourself going and start working on your garden again. Oh, my word. Honestly, I'll never forget the 23rd of March. Nobody will, will they, really? But no. I, I remember the date completely. So because, yeah, I stood in my kitchen and I looked out at my garden and it was such a tip. I can't tell you. And here I am. I'm supposed to be one of the leading garden designers in the country. And I was ashamed of it because we'd had the builders in, we'd had an extension done and we hadn't lived here for six months. And so we'd let it go because we knew we were having the work done and life was so busy looking after other people's gardens. But honestly, I I stood in the kitchen and I just cried my eyes out. Just thought, what am I going to do? You know, like all of us, scared for our kids, scared for our businesses, scared for our family, what was going to happen. And you know what I did? I just grabbed a trowel and went out there and started digging and just didn't stop really. And for company, because I do love people, I just pressed the go live button on Instagram. And that was the first one was a year ago. And it's been amazing, My Real Garden. I don't know if any of the listeners do use Instagram, but if you do check it out at My Real Garden, because I just met people from all over the world. We started to do a thing called the Sunday social where and we'll do it again this summer where we would look at other people's gardens instead of just at mine kind of share tips and advice and tricks and hacks and things that we'd learned and I really have enjoyed it and what really made me fall off my chair was when lovely Shane and Jack they're called make the world a beautiful place that's their Instagram handle called in and they were in Detroit in America (laughs) so just I couldn't believe it because I'd never thought about people from all corners of the world being interested in my little garden in Petersfield you know and the whole community just grew and grew and grew and and now I've got lots of followers and lots of friends but I did think last year what can we do that harnesses all this amazing magical energy and these gorgeous kindred spirits and people to do something for other people so 
We crowdfunded a book. I got my mate, Tamsin Westhorpe, who used to edit the English Garden magazine, to help me with the editing and writing. And we invited people to tell us their lockdown stories and their favourite hacks and tips and advice on a questionnaire. So we organised all of that and they sent in nine photographs. And um, we met our crowdfunding target and we've got 224 pages of loveliness coming out and it will be released on the anniversary of My Real Garden on the 23rd of March this year. That's so exciting. What an incredible journey to think that the year has brought about this wonderful community that you didn't, well, you probably had a feeling existed, but you all hadn't met before. And it's just brought so much joy to everybody through a very difficult year. How exciting is it going to be to see your book? I know. And, and the book, some of the profits go to Greenfingers as well. I'm a patron of a garden charity called Greenfingers, and we fundraise to build gardens in children's hospices and we've just done a deal with British garden centres and they've got a chain of 57 garden centres all the way through the UK and it means that we are going to be able to get I can't tell you how much it is but we're going to be able to give them quite a sizable check which is so exciting so from all of the horribleness there's been good that's come out of it as well I'm really, really delighted. It goes on general release on Amazon and all the usual booksellers online from the 1st of April. But yeah, you can get it from British Garden Centres from the 23rd if you want. So yeah. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait. There must be some incredible stories in the book. Is there one that sticks out for you that, you know, you didn't expect to hear about or to hear from someone in in a particular area? It's been one of the pleasures and privileges of lockdown for me because work has been hard. I'm not going to lie, garden design has been difficult. People would think it would be straightforward and everyone wants to garden, but we do deal with quite high-end, large-budget projects in acres and things. So it has been difficult. But every time I've picked up the book to work on it, the stories are amazing. I mean, we've had doctors and COVID nurses who are working on COVID wards who've engaged with My Real Garden and just wanted to share their story. We've had people who have been nursing their family and loved ones in hospital, so whether garden has been their respite. We've got a lady in Ghana who set up a nursery, so through lockdown, to support her local community. Oh my goodness, we've had lots of teachers who are juggling homeschooling. Mothers who have been feeding the whole street as part of their homeschooling with the children making pizzas and leaving them by the garden gate for people to collect or dropping them off by neighbours who aren't able to get outside. It's absolutely a snapshot of what our gardens have done to us and how they've kept us going in the most extraordinary ways. And it's really bright and colourful. We've made it so every chapter is a different colour. So when you flip through it, it looks like a rainbow. Oh, it sounds perfect for you, Amory. Oh, I can't wait to show. <laughs> I can't wait to show you. Really, really looking forward to seeing it. And actually, it'll be interesting to see if a lot of the people who are in your My Real Garden community now will continue to garden this coming year. You know, what they're looking forward to, what we've all learnt from last year and how we can use our gardens to make ourselves feel better, to give ourselves that time that we need, that headspace after what we've all been through. I think they will. Mm. But the whole idea is to try and get people to garden too. So there's loads and loads of tips in there as well. So whether your garden is small, large, country, urban or no garden at all. There's something in there for people to be inspired by. Real people that are doing it. So it's amazing. So, But real people doing things. I want to know what you're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. You've got your summer bulbs. 
You know, I haven't. And that was one of the things I, I was going to ask you. I don't normally get around to planting summer bulbs. Do you? Because I was going to ask you, if you do, which ones do you, do you tend to choose? Well, I've got irises from last year, things like Dimension and things. They're quite hard work last year. We've definitely got lily beetle in our uh, Petersfield area. So you've got to keep an eye on for those little blighters. And I haven't lifted those. They've been in. So we'll see what comes back. There must be a, a hundred. Everything in my garden, even though it's not super massive, is in the <laughs> isn't it always but that's how you get I impact. Have noticed. yes so, you don't <laughs> that is how you get impact <laughs> I have ordered some dahlias and that's the funny thing with lockdown is that sometimes you know when you're awake in the middle of the night I do kind of like sleeping shopping of plants <laughs> I just think it cheers me up and in, in, in the middle of the night when I can't sleep so I have got a lot of dahlias that I'm going to be planting out. So some of them are just extraordinary. They're like, you know, some kind of ascot hat, huge in size. Things like labyrinth, which is like a really lovely, roughly orange and pink one. And all bright colours, obviously, the pinks, the purples, the oranges, those are my things. So I will be potting those on as soon as those arrive, the tubers, but I won't be putting them outside they'll go into two three four litre pots or proper containers and I'll keep them in the garage where it's a little bit lighter and then as soon as the frost has gone away when Jack's had his fun out they'll go and it will give me a little bit of extra growing time so they'll be a little bit more in advance than mine were last year. Some people really love dahlias don't they they go crazy for them and I guess I've always been a little bit intimidated by them but They do look stunning, absolutely wonderful splashes of colour in the garden. Yeah, they're like the real divas. They're spectacular, but they're not as hard as you might think. They're really not. So the thing is, they just don't want to be damp and wet outside in the winter. And actually, I've got some dahlias that I'm going to sow from seed that somebody sent to me from Ireland. You can grow dahlias from seed. They'll be mixed varieties and they won't be super massive in the first year, but they will flower. You just treat them like you would tulips, really. So, you know, they're seasonal colour. But unlike tulips, if you keep them inside in dry area, so I just drag my containers in. I don't bother with all of the um, layering them in dry in boxes in dry compost and things. They're pretty straightforward and they'll come back for you reliably year on year. And a lot of people have great success by just leaving them in the ground and just covering them Mm. up with a really thick layer of mulch. Give them a go. Honestly, I think you'd love them. I think I would. I've always been a little bit scared of them. So maybe but this is I the year since I am so organised. <laughs> maybe this is the year I can, I can give them a bit of time. But I'll give you a tip. I think that dahlias are kind of, they've gone quite mainstream now in horticultural circles. But do you know what I think will be the next thing? And they're quite similar, but is um, perennial chrysanthemums. Honestly. Okay. Yeah, if really? you look at, yeah, like forget the ones that you buy in the garage forecourts or your husband does when they're in trouble. Forget those, they're <laughs> nothing like them. Huge, great floral explosions of colour at the end of the year, just when the dahlias are flaying. Yeah, just bright, beautiful colours and they'll reliably come back year and year by doing nothing. 
Now that's a nice plant to have. <laughs> oh, I'll have to look into those then because that sounds brilliant. It's always that colour that you need towards the end of the summer when everything else is sort of starting to wane a little bit. It's nice to still have a pop of colour in the garden, I think. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And But you can start to think about, you know, now as well, just dividing up those plants that did give you a bit of colour at the end of last year because they're just starting to creep through the soil, aren't they? So you can dig them up and, and saw them half or chop them in half with a spade and you'll get new plants for free so you can fill some gaps with that much wanted colour where you need it. Yes, I have quite a few hardy geraniums that I do that with. And, you know, they're brilliant. You don't have to do much with them at all. Literally just dig them out of the ground, cut them down with a spade. And you've got two plants, sometimes three plants for the price of one. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Great way of having extra plants. You've just reminded me that I've ordered some pelagonium that I'd completely forgotten about. <laughs> so the annual geranium. So I'd totally forgotten about those. They're coming from Vibrex, some really pretty, super scented, gorgeously coloured, exquisite geraniums the pelagoniums, the annual ones. I'm just glad that I bought some more pots, but I think I'm going to have to buy some more. (laughs) And do you know what else I had to buy last weekend? Was a new garden spade. (laughs) It broke in half. So I had to get a new one. I think lots of your tools have been breaking, haven't they, Claire? Mm, It's not good. They're obviously (laughs) quite old. (laughs) Or they're just getting a lot of extra work. I think that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It is It is a time of year to get out there and potter in your garden. Do a little bit, but often, as you've said before, which is such great advice. I love this time of year. Love March. So looking forward to April and everything the garden's going to bring this year. And it's been brilliant to talk to you, Emery, about your book as well, which hopefully we'll talk more about next month as well. Oh, thank you. That's really kind of you, Claire. And I'm just pleased that soon, you know, we'll be in proper t-shirt weather. Soon we'll be in vests. Won't be long now. (laughs) Won't be long. Looking forward to it. Well, thanks so much, Anne-Marie. As always, it's been so lovely talking to you and finding out all about what you're going to be growing in your garden this year. So take care, look after yourself, and we'll be back again in April. If you have a question for us, we really would love to hear from you. To contact us, you can email us on team at shineradio.uk or you can call and leave a message on 01730-555-500. If you also would like to hear our previous Grown Together programmes, you can find them all at petersfieldradio.uk. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, Anne-Marie. You too, and bye, everybody. Growing Together with Anne-Marie and Claire. New every month and only from Petersfield's Shine Radio. Rise and Shine with Petersfield's Shine Radio. Rise and Shine. shine. Whatever local information comes in, you'll be the very first to know. You'll feel those ribs expand and okay, I'm doing it I'm doing are it are you doing it yeah. <laughs> oh, welcome back to Rise and Shine you're with Alan Cross this morning what could be better good morning it's good to be with you I'm Harrison RB it's the brighter way to start your day in the Petersphere as long as you're breathing you're doing okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, with you Vicky Rise and Shine weekday mornings from 6 with Petersfield's Shine Radio I think that's lovely